0: Welcome to
1: Noclip. I'm Chad Rutherman. I'm JJ Artemis And I'm Andy Kahn. And today we're going to be talking about Assassin's Creed 2, which was released in 2009 on the Xbox 360 and the PlayStation 3, and then later on Microsoft Windows in 2010. Uh, the game was developed and published by Ubisoft, Ubisoft, actually. Um U- yeah. Ubisoft, or U- whatever they want you to pronounce it. Yeah, it's U- because it's ubiquitous software. Ah, that was so. It's was U- a- Ubisoft. Okay. Um, and I mean, it was developed technically by Ubisoft Montreal, but most importantly, though, because we're talking about a Ubisoft game, um, and I played it on the PC, and I presume that you did as well. Yep. And then you played it on PlayStation Three. Yes. Okay. Uh, Fuck Uplay <laughs> is the dumbest thing on the planet. What did it do to you? What did it do? It just existed and, like, <laughs> made me open a different program to launch the game. Like, why do I own the game on Steam if they're going to, like, put it through their DRM thing? It was automated for me. I just had, like, a little box that said play just sort of, like, explode onto my screen right. for a second. But the, the first time that I launched the game, I had to, like, reset my Uplay password because I haven't used it since I played Far Cry 3. Oh. And, like... I had kept getting huge notifications that were like uh, like two thirds of the width of the screen <laughs> that were like achievement unlo action completed as oh, they're yeah, right, yeah. and uh, to give me U V points or <laughs> whatever. Those are valuable. You can redeem them for in game items. Shit I'm not gonna use. <laughs> and
2: I had no problems with that. With you
1: <laughs> Yeah, the console version I imagine is a lot simpler to deal with. Yep. Uh, yeah, so you play sucks. Just wanted to get that out there before
2: we uh, yeah. like started. We wouldn't want the whole cast to be sort of just consumed <laughs> with fiery rage. These undertones <laughs> of how much I hate. Uplay. We want it to be known throughout the land <laughs> that you play is bad.
1: I had the same issues with it when I played Far Cry Three, but actually the same issues when I played Far Cry Four on the PlayStation Four. Ubisoft really needs to get their shit together with these you play things. Uh, Child of Light <clears> was good. Did it have you play? It did. It did oh, have did you it? play. I, I, no, I it played Super on the Wars. Wii U, so uh, it probably didn't have it. Probably you, yep. no Wii U play. <laughs> no
2: Wii U play. <laughs> Nintendo <laughs> shot them down on that.
1: <laughs> um, Alright, um, so actually talking about the game. Yeah, the video game. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this is a, uh, I guess like it, it's an action platformer is how Wikipedia describes it. Okay. And I can definitely see the, like, it is a platformer. But I maybe it's just the way that I approached the game, but there really wasn't a whole lot of, like, action for me. It was more of a, like, sprinting <laughs> on buildings and then occasionally leaping atop a dude simulator. <laughs> I actually had sort of the opposite experience. I thought th- that if any of those
3: two words I was going to question it would be the platformer one, because... Uh, t- because you're jj potentially mm-hmm. deep pool here either of you guys ever have those like to go car portable board games like oh, you, yeah, yeah, get, yeah and they all have like magnets built into them yeah this whole game was like attempting to like a live action version of a platform with one of those magnet games <laughs> it's like everything that you do is based upon like tons and tons of predefined actions that will just sort of squish into one another like magnetic pools yeah so instead of like having to do the normal platformer stuff that kind of annoys me a bunch, where you have to sort of sit around and, like, make sure you get the exact arcs and the distances right. The game just sort of always takes care of it, but has a 10% chance of misinterpreting your intention and just (laughs) causing you to do
1: something else. Yeah, that was, like, uh, one of the notes that I took, and I actually took it kind of late because I didn't realize exactly how I was feeling about it at the time. Yeah. Um... You know, like, this is probably not you, but you know, like, Andy, yes. and, uh, it, like when you're playing a platformer, sometimes you'll feel like there's a thing that you should be able to jump on, but you can't. It's like you'll jump to it and, like, slide off. Yeah. Or, like, you'll, yeah. Like, go through it or something So yes. it's not actually rendered. I feel like Assassin's Creed 2 has, like, l- the opposite problem, where you can just jump on anything, and the game will just want you to attach to things. <laughs> like, you just, like, climb up fucking anything, windows, doors, plants. Like, I would just be running and be like, oh, I gotta jump down to make a quick escape from someone. And you would be like, look, a plant, and just, like, swing around the <laughs> corner. And I'm
2: like, what are you doing? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's definitely hard to get used to the controls cause like I had that problem too where like I, if I was running on the street he would always like jump up onto something I didn't want him to it like, <laughs> yeah, would just be like a bread cart and he'd like jump up yeah, on and it and then do like a dive roll off of it yeah. and then but then on, I had the opposite problem where I was like on the rooftops like I would jump and he, I would think he would grab onto a ledge, and he just didn't. He well, you have crazy. to like manually grab in this game, which is strange. But only sometimes. Yeah, yeah. not all the time. <laughs> it tries to automate
3: things. This, that's what this game really does a lot of. To lots of automation in mm. terms of like core mechanics, uh, which is why it is strange that like, they had one mechanic specifically that was all based around it not automating, like the, the huge jump. Where they
1: allowed it to feel huger because you had to manually choose to grab things. Well, I think it's, like, the way that that always kicked in is just, like, only if, uh, when you were falling, you, like, weren't grabbing the top thing. Yeah. So you have to manually grab things below the top thing. Which I found out, like, after 30 times of, like, being like, I'll just drop down to this next ledge and then just fall straight to street level and die. (laughs) I was like, oh, that's why I need to hit shift. Oh man, you died from falling? Um, a couple of times, yeah. Also a couple of times for me,
3: I was, you said that and I thought for a second it might have been a larger sort of problem, because I was surprised by how often you did not instantly die from enormous falls in this game. That's true. I only straight up died from height, like, I think, yeah, like exactly two times. And all other occasions, I just took, like, a surprisingly large amount of damage and was surprised that I lived
1: through it at all. I always felt like, with the exception of select, like, combat encounters, I was always either at full health or I didn't care about my health, and then or just dead immediately. Like, I very rarely just, like, took chip damage enough to eventually die. Yes. It was always like, I'd be at, like, four pegs and be like, I'm fine, and then end up doing something incredibly stupid and dying. Or <laughs> some guy threw rocks at me and I fell off of the building. I kind of always
3: used health as, like, uh additional jump cheat mechanism
1: mm.
3: the strongest i don't i don't think you got to this part but um when you're running through the fair when they have all the games and stuff you'll mm-hmm. remember this yeah one of the games that you play is capture the flag against a dude and yep my health bar is just like this is how many times i can cheat and fall six stories <laughs> i do find
2: i don't understand how you were supposed to do that game fair do I. I did that same thing. I just like sprinted and like leaped <laughs> off the building and <laughs> hit <laughs> the ground so that I could get to the flag faster.
1: I'm, I'm curious. You played it on PS3, obviously. Yes. I'm cu- did you use
3: a controller? I used an Xbox controller. I was worried about using the Steam controller for this one because I thought the second analog stick might be problematic.
1: You also couldn't. So good choice. You could not use the Steam. controller? Yeah, control? you play fucks up the Steam controller center face. What? So you can't even use the Steam controller for this game.
3: Oh God. Yeah. Oh.
1: <laughs> Choking bike. You yeah. play fight. So I used a keyboard and mouse to play this game, which was less awkward than I thought. But there are a lot of situations where I felt like I just needed to be holding all of the face buttons on the controller simultaneously, <laughs> and couldn't do it with a keyboard. I so only have one hand, mm-hmm. so I'd be like holding like. Right-click for, like, fast move, shift for sprint, like, uh, sorry, space for sprint, shift for, like, plow through people, and W to move forward, (laughs) and then, like, if I needed to perform any other action, I had to get, like, a third party to come in and press a button for me. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, that really reveals how much you went through this video game like a steam train, just sort of like plowing through <laughs> you anyway, in I mean, your way. I mean, it's me. I would have done this anyway, but like anytime I was actually in a mission. I was just sprinting all the time. You didn't run into any problems with, like, the crowd? You didn't, like, trip and fall over a million times? Oh, I did. It was hilarious. I just, <laughs> yeah. like, I spent 90% of the game rolling through the city the city streets. I did the same thing. But it's like, still that slower. I just sprinted everywhere. <laughs> well, it's only slower if you fuck up. It's a test of your ability. Yeah, you can weave through people. Yeah.
3: <laughs> That's why they they want you to slow down so you can be nice and use the, like, gently
1: push out of the way button. Right. That's, like, the thing that is most iconic about Assassin's Creed, like, in the public consciousness, weirdly. It's, yeah. like, white hoods and walking through crowds and pushing people to the side. <laughs> and once they taught me the blend mechanic, I just, like, never used it because I was just doing things at breakneck speed. <laughs> like, I liked the fact that if I needed to, like, change direction rather than stop and turn around i could just run into a wall jump (laughs) off of it and like grab a ledge and run across a
2: building i was gonna say yeah i have to disagree with that statement is i think they built the controls so that you didn't have to slow down if you didn't want to i think the game has a couple of like
1: very engaging verbs that it prevents that it presents you with that it prevents you from thinking, <laughs> no, uh, that it presents you with, and like, I feel like our experience like between all of us probably really highlighted very different things. I hope so because I imagine, and you can correct me if I'm wrong on this, but you enjoyed the like fact that you could take every encounter in like a stealthy approach. I was probably less stealthy
3: than I would normally be in a game like this. You're correct in that because of the way that they sort of automate your movement so much that there's just less reward for that. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I have the feeling I was the same. The fact that you haven't mentioned the whores yet, I think really suggests that we had a completely different experience. Oh,
1: oh, did you use the
2: whores a lot? (laughs) The whores are the most overpowered thing (laughs) in this video game. I I use them a lot in the early game as well. Yeah. I I use them Twice ever,
1: um, but when I did, I remember the first time it was like hire the uh, what do they call them like consorts or whatever. Oh, I didn't remember any name. They just have like a little flower symbol. Yeah, for purity. <laughs> but you like, I was like, look, they're just like acting flamboyantly. I was like, I'm trying to lay low, so I'll hire them to walk with me. But then you hire them, and they just act more flamboyantly, <laughs> <laughs> like.
2: <laughs> I don't understand. Like they're I mean, distracting, they're
1: distracting. Right. You're looking at the horse, not the person
3: yeah. directly. They're, beside they're the only horse. supposed
2: to distract the guards. So, if like, you run past the guards, they run up to them. Oh no! They are a multi-tool of utility. <laughs> okay. They,
3: you, not only can you do like the crowd blending stuff. Right. You go through them and you use them as an intentional distractions. They, when you get into combat, they just like pull
2: knives out of somewhere and huh. just get in See, into the action. Anytime that happened, like, they just got killed or ran away for me. Aw. Uh-huh. I, I guess it was...
3: Maybe it was just because I'm so much better at the combat in this video game. Maybe. And maybe it could also be because because I realized if there's any point in which you have an ally with you when in a combat in this game... Well, I mean, that's what, like, the
2: mercenaries are for.
3: But, no, 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 it's not... Allies is in, like, oh, you finally have help and you can start these big scruffles. It's not overpowered in the way that you would expect, like, getting help to be. It's not like, oh, now it's five on five and each person is one to a man. All I ended up doing was just ordering <laughs> people, like, people I had with me to attack groups of guards and then just, like, lazily walking around. <laughs> stabbing, just stabbing them, them through the back. back. Yeah. yeah.
1: The counter in this game is just so bad. But I, won't, I'll, I will talk about that. Yeah. The, when you're talking about, like, walking around with whores, uh,. <laughs> Yes. It actually, it amuses me because, like, in terms of, like, the stealth mechanics, the one that I used, and, like, the more that you talked, the more that I thought about how I played this game, the more ridiculous it seems, like, in context. Yeah. Because the thing that I used more than anything else was just the throwing cash mechanic. Oh, yeah. So, like, I but, like, I didn't slow down. (laughs) So there would be, like, people, and I would just be, like... And <laughs> just like throw a handful of change. And like people would scatter and I would sprint by them. Oh, that's <laughs> what you used it for? <laughs> to clear the road? Yeah, I'd just toss cash. And I always forgot that I had it like selected. And so like it would be like an hour later and I'd be like on a building and I would like climb down and like be behind a guy and then just be like, <laughs> and just throw a handful of change at it and be like, fuck. <laughs> i have to switch over to my hidden blade <laughs> yeah i almost
2: never use the cache because you had to switch to it like, yeah. i always forget i just always had to select <laughs> like the minstrels would come wandering up and i would just tackle them <laughs> <laughs> the
1: first time i did it i like missed the tooltip for selecting cash and didn't even know that was like a thing you could do and it was just like it pressed uh or, yeah press left click to do the thing that they had told me in the previous ones. I was like, okay, and I hit left click
2: and I just, like, deck the guy in the face. <laughs> it's like, oops. Um, I meant to bring this up when you brought up the horse. Yeah. Um, initially, but I'm, I think my funniest moment with the game was I was doing uh, the mission later in the game when you had to get all the codex pages, mm-hmm. which involves, like, murdering guards to get the pages. Yeah. Mm. And so I was walking up to try to do, like, the dual kill thing Mm -hmm. on two of them that there were only two left and there was a group of prostitutes right next to them so like I walked up and like the guards were like highlighted and like I hit the you know R1 in square to do the thing and he just leaps and kills the prostitutes I was like oh it was like legitimately like shocking there for a second did the guards do anything? whoops yeah they immediately attacked me good alright Nice rule of law
3: respect there. (laughs)
2: Whoops.
3: (laughs) Yeah, I almost never ended up killing guards even for the codex pages. I always thought because of the way cash-throwing worked that they were kind of hilariously ineffective into the late game where you have, like, the more professional guards that don't care about money anymore. Yeah. And you
1: would always be, like, whenever I would try and use the cash to get through, like, a blockade or whatever, there would always be, like, one dude who wouldn't go for it. Yeah. But, like, when there's one dude and you're anonymous, you literally just walk up and, and click. Yes. And he's just like, well, he died, and then just
2: <laughs> run away. <laughs> yeah, I found that in the early game, I felt like I always had to resort to combat, because I found like throwing cash and sneaking just didn't work very well for me. Sneaking, I
3: thought, was okay. It's The problem is that it's so much slower that you never want to do it. Yeah. The game presents such a low challenge it's for any to... failure state mm-hmm. that you can just sort of be the crazy action hero without any sort yeah, of cost. I
2: found it, like, easy to mess up, too. There's something about, like, the controls. Like, when I was trying to be really precise, I felt like it was easy to fuck up. Well, yeah, that's because everything's squishy in the game. Every yeah.
3: mechanic is attempting to not... Every button doesn't do a specific thing so that you can then control and plan. Plans. Every button does controls like a part of your body that is contextually supposed to do things in different circumstances Mm -hmm. and since the circumstances are controlled by your relationships near other objects and we're dealing with a 3d game with crowds of people there's you're always shifting between what all the buttons do at different times even when it's just like you another dude on a rooftop so things end up inevitably just sort of fucking up the amount of times i kept trying to like jump off of a of a roof like to make a quick escape and i instead just like did the stupid like whoa thing where like you're mm-hmm. about to fall off the roof but don't or just uh, grab onto the base like grabbing in particular i remember being bad in this regard because you have limited control over where the ledges are and you have to distinguish between pressing the button and holding the button all the time
1: uh, yeah i uh, i recall a time when i um because my favorite being like the, I played a lot of the encounters very non-violently. In as much as like, I ran a, like b- through everything. Oh, okay. So it's like it would be dumb for me to stop and fight thirty people who are chasing me. So it's better to just sprint until I'm out of sight and then jump in a hay bale. Um, so, like, my favorite thing to do was to sprint along a rooftop, and if I encountered a guard in my way, to just grab him and throw him off the roof. But, like, I did that a lot. every once in a while, I would run and, like, go to grab the guard and tackle him and just go off the roof with him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like,
2: that found that to be... By far the most efficient way of dealing with the roof guards yeah. is to run up and grab them and throw them <laughs> off.
3: Why is it better than just stabbing them in the fucking teeth? Well,
2: it's if they see you, you can I grab didn't... them.
1: Okay. If they don't see you, you can just walk them. And... Yeah.
2: yeah, like I didn't. Like when I first got the wrist knives, yeah, I f- like it gives them to you like in a combat scenario, mm-hmm. and like I was like these are hilariously ineffective, yes. <laughs> and then like I just used the sword for like. Ninety-five percent of the game, yeah. and then like the latter, ha- like third of the game, I w- like I started using them to actually do the assassinations. So I was like, "Oh, this is what these. <laughs> this is that. how these work." Yeah, yeah it got to the point where I started
1: just using the hidden blades even in regular combat because it's just easier than doing like the actual combat moves which are hilariously imprecise when instead of, like, shoulder buttons, which it feel chunky and make sense, you're using a mouse and you have to hold right-click and then tap left-click to do the the parry. Oh, I Uh, see. I see. So it was more efficient for me to just use Spacebar to do the
2: dash and just, like, jump around them when they attack and then you just, like, stab them in the back. Yeah, I found the combat to be, like, really inconsistent as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
3: Like, even after, like, 15 to 20 hours or something like that, I still don't fully understand, like, the flow, I guess is what I'm talking about. Like, I I get the health bars, I get that you have to, like, sort of time the attacks in the same way that you have to sort of rhythmically time them in the Arkham Knight games and a lot of things. I think this game actually might have been the progenitor of that idea, not Arkham, but it's what stands out in my head, because I played it first. Mm. Um, And they get sort of how countering works and all the different dodge functions that they give you, but I'm not quite sure, like, when you're supposed to do either. The one that was always worse for me is I never really understood the windows when I should be just being the offensive guy and hitting with the sword. Because it seemed at least until very late game when you're dealing with huge guys with heavy weapons that you can't counter easily. So much easier to just stand there in a group of 20 people if you don't have any smoke bombs or an easy way to escape and just wait for them to do stuff and then kill them
2: immediately with a counter. What I ended up doing was trying to grab them and slit their throat which was the easiest kill. I would try yeah. that on everybody. I didn't even know you could do that. Yeah. You have to have
1: the if you're using the sword specifically, that's what happens when you grab people. Oh. Yeah, if you have the hidden blades you will pick them, them up and throw
2: then, them, but And if that didn't work, it was a big group, I would find like some kind of like stack of crates and jump up on it because then the guards come and they climb up and you can just, just whack them, them for free them fall down, and yeah. then they keep trying to get back up and you just whack them for free yeah, yeah. the first time that I did that I was
1: like well this is ridiculous yep Yeah. I, everything... I cheesed that yeah
2: like And I didn't feel guilty about it at all because I didn't think the combat was very enjoyable. I completely
3: agree. I I still don't even understand, for example, like why knives are a distinct category of weaponry. Like I don't know what circumstance I wouldn't want the hidden blade or the sword, but would want a
2: knife. I don't think I ever use the knife. Literally never use the knife. Neither did I. So maybe
1: it's, like, super useful and we just don't know it. <laughs> I don't <laughs> think... I feel like it should be noted at this point as we're, like, discussing this combat system yeah. that this is all of our first Assassin's Creed game. Oh, yeah, of So, like, this is kind of, like, the reason we chose it is because it's generally accepted as, like, the good one. And yeah. so... It's like this and Black Flag, Yeah, right? people like Black Flag. Yeah. And also people like Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flags. So, yeah. Actually, no one likes the band Black Flag.
3: Oh, I didn't Actually, know lots Black Flag was like there.
1: <laughs> Yeah, they are. But yeah, so this is my first uh, Assassin's Creed game, so it ends up being, like, us trying to, like, discover this combat system, yeah. and I feel like, I mean, it's possible that if we had played, like, 30 hours of Assassin's Creed 1 before playing this, like, most people mm-hmm. who bought this game originally probably did, uh, that it would
2: come more, fl- like, easily, Yeah, having, like, beaten the game, I found it to be way, or maybe not way, but a lot more enjoyable in, like, the last chunk, when, like, like I had a better understanding of how everything worked. mm -hmm. I, I don't think the familiarity, unless
3: I'm giving how much influence this combat system has had too much credit, is really, like, a good explanation for why we're having all of these troubles, because I've played lots of games with combat systems that are derivative of this. Like I played like 20 or 30 hours of uh, Hand of Fate. For example, it's. I'm it's, aware of that game. Yeah, it's, it's like a. Its combat system is like a, a much more simplified version of this with a lot less weaponry. And I thought it
1: was like a card game.
3: Well, it's partially a card game. But then oh, you have like action segments. Yeah, that's the whole. That's the whole stake of Hand of Fate is that there's various randomized things done by decks of cards and the encounters in the game, like when like creatures would fight in card game terms, mm-hmm. is you controlling a barbarian guy. Is Assassin's
1: with, Creed fighting? Yeah.
3: Okay. But, and it. And that was all very simple and very intuitive. I, I got the sort of, like, flow of trying to do the counters and when to be offense really, really fast. But I never really grasped specifically how to be
1: offensive effectively in this game. I feel like the answer to that is just don't
2: ever be offensive. Like, I only way... did
1: it when somebody was the last person.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I found the way to be offensive was to just mash the attack button. Yeah. Maybe. and he's like uh, uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> and then eventually they get to one
1: peg and you just stab them, to them. Yes. like
3: maybe this is intentional maybe they chose this feature specifically to make you feel sort of disempowered compared to the entire rest of the mechanic set because they didn't want you to get in fights with 40 guys but yeah. the problem is that they
0: didn't they prevent you from signal. winning they just yeah. prevented
3: you from like eating them like a lawnmower yeah. like, you can still win a fight no matter how many people are against you in the fight it just it takes
1: longer yeah and it's like if there's anything to distract the guards you are just mowing them down yeah like cause you just walk behind them like a <laughs> and, and just stab them and
2: you're like we're done yeah it's weird yeah the only part of the combat I guess if you even want to call it that are the assassinations with yeah. the hidden blades yeah not much combat going, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. or just killing. Yeah, I, I find
1: it kind of funny though, because like you are, you were I like I said like before we started recording, I don't know the story of Assassin's Creed One, and this game kind of just throws you in like hot, like immediately <laughs> the first thing that happens is they just like
2: get in the animus and you're like, "Who are you? <laughs> <laughs> Who am I?" <laughs> Other than White Drake, yeah, they really assume that you played the first one. Yeah, for all I knew, it didn't even connect directly to the first one. Like, yeah, until they started ta- it, like up until they started talking I mean, this about. Is the old Tyre. Yeah. T- <laughs> oh. Yeah. <laughs> um, I guess. <laughs>
1: yeah. So the game has this like this. I guess respect for uh, Assassin's Creed One in its storytelling, and the way that they sort of, like, make this a thing is that you are, like, a descendant of a line of assassins, and the game pulls this, like, bullshit video game thing that that happens a lot where it's, like, I've deciphered the ancient text from the assassins organization, and their secret technique is to like, grab a guy and throw him off of a building. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, really, like, no one could have thought of that. Just, like, you learn from Leonardo fucking Da Vinci to stab a guy and throw him off a building. <laughs> like, it's a secret assassination technique. <laughs> yeah, this, this game is very,
3: it's, it's equally mushy with all of its historical figures yeah. and how significant they are. It has almost, I don't know, it's sort of, there's a lot of reverence for them, but it's reverence in the same way that, like, an anime fan has reverence for things, <laughs> in which they yep. just assume they're awesome at everything. Right. Like, by the end of the game, I don't think you ever reached this point, just straight up Niccolo Machiavelli is just part of your assassin organization. As proven
1: before, I probably could have guessed that that would have <laughs> happened. <laughs> it's just like,
2: did the, did the actors come off as like, which is weird as hell to you guys. That Machiavelli was a, was just a like character? Just like the historical figures being characters. I, I think
1: this is another thing that probably occurred in Assassin's Creed 1 and yeah. we just don't know. But... Yes, it is very weird okay. that they chose to do
2: that. Because, like, Da Vinci showed up, and I'm like... Like, very early. It was like, really? <laughs> he's, like, just, he's like a friend of the family. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, what a weird, dumb cameo. <laughs> nope. <laughs> <The> Actual <laughs> character. I did not know about that feature of this game. Like, the problem is that the
3: first one was, like, all... It was set in, like, the, the Crusades, and I can't name... Like a single person right. from the Crusades offhand, even though I've like watched videos about the fucking Crusades. This right. is not sticky. But Leonardo da Vinci is certainly sticky. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it comes off as so weird when you have all these people who you know as historical figures just acting as a video game NPC yeah. in every stereotypical way. <laughs> it's like,
2: because it's supposed to be like a fictional version of actual history and then they put in real people and it's like, <laughs> it's like if they put like he was like an historical figure from the early like 1900s. 1900s. Name one. Uh, like if they just plopped that person into Indiana Jones. Okay. Oh, <laughs> you know, right, like yeah. wouldn't it be, wouldn't it be weird? Yeah, no, that
1: would be really true. It, it's uh,
2: yeah, yeah. Because this game takes it's like, like Einstein.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's just in Indiana Jones. Yeah, this game's tone as a whole. I feel okay. I feel like I don't even know if this is what we get, what what we want to get into, but we're going to. So buckle up. Okay, like
2: uh, this stuff was like what was most interesting to me about the game yeah. like based on my perceptions of it before I played it. So Th- this
1: game, I feel like it has a tone to it that works in that like action movie, like cause it really is like Indiana Jones meets uh, National Treasure. Or, like, a Dan Brown novel or something. Yeah, it's
2: definitely got that feel. Yeah,
1: it's just, like, a crazy action thing with With, lots of set pieces. With, like, Illuminati and stuff. Yeah, with a bunch of conspiracy shit thrown in. But they take... It's, like, they sat down in a boardroom or the elevator pitch or whatever happened when they came up with the concept of Assassin's Creed... And everything that was said was taken just as literally as possible. (laughs) They were like, I want to do like a sci-fi fantasy historical fiction game. And someone was like, alright, well we have the sci-fi, and then we have this massively disconnected fantasy part, and then we have another huge drop off where it's like historical fiction. Obviously we need Leonardo Da Vinci in our game to in order to make sure people know that it's historical.
2: Exactly. Yeah, it came off as like pandering, like people won't know what time period this is supposed to be unless Da Vinci is saying <laughs> it. <laughs>
1: like a character at one point says, "Like I assume you're familiar with Leonardo da Vinci," which to, comes off as like he's talking directly to the player, yeah. being like, "You're not like an idiot, right? Like you know who da Vinci is." Because everyone in the game is just like da Vinci; he's just some low life painter. Like people could realistically have no idea who
2: Leonardo da Vinci is, <laughs> right? But you're asked it as if he's a big well, deal they, because they, he is historic. I I took that to be just like a joke. Because they were like, you know Da Vinci? And they were like, oh, you mean that painter? Right, That yeah. know nothing. <laughs> okay. This is what I'm going to well, no, because even
1: uh, Ezio is like, what does a painter have to do with this, like, at some point? Yeah. And it's yeah. Like, like, he's not, like, a big deal in the city. Exactly. And it's just weird. I just think it's played as a joke. Like when they ask you, yeah, I suppose.
3: I am unclear. It would it is unclear to me
2: whether or not the authors of this game know what jokes are. <laughs> Good point, because the humor in this is super juvenile. Is there humor in this? Yeah, this game. I mean, you could you, technically yes, it's humor. <laughs> <laughs> the It's a Me Mario joke. Dude, is that what you okay, are including? Okay, okay. That I've never <laughs> ever wanted to punch a game in the face harder than when that happened. And then when he remained as a main fucking character. Yeah, like, I had to, like, put the controller down <laughs> and, like, walk away <laughs> and then come back. It's like, did they really... Did really do that? See, here's the thing. Nobody I thought check, it was great. Grit. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm surprised he wasn't wearing red. Yeah. This, yeah. Is,
1: this was, a, like, a big part of, like, my general critique of this game. Yeah? Um... This game has a sense of humor, Mm -hmm. but when it does, it is, like, ridiculously immersion-breaking. And it's something that doesn't belong, given the tone of the game. If they're gonna pull that ending, they cannot have a guy go, It's-a-me, Mario. (laughs) Like, they can't take themselves self-seriously
2: and also be this fucking stupid. In their like humor, yep. There is a part, another great example of how stupid the humor can be, <laughs> where the, you're helping one of the female assassins that you end up meeting and helping. Mm. And she's like, has this castle and like fort and everything and is being invaded, and you get all the way into the castle. You fight your way, all you know, action set piece like, <laughs> and you get there, and then like the bad guys show up. And they're like we have your children, you know, <laughs> to the woman, and she's like essentially, like, I don't give a fuck, and, like, flips up her dress, and she's like, I got the equipment to make more. Like, okay. something, like, to that effect. Like, and I was it's... like, what? Yeah. <laughs> no one, one, no one would ever do that, or say that. Right. Two, she wasn't wearing, like, period-appropriate, like, underwear. It was right. just, like, regular underwear. That was weird. <laughs> uh, you know, and... I could go and on. The, the audience for that is not even going to respond to it in any way.
1: No.
3: That
2: was the yeah. moment I quit the game. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, assume that you hadn't gotten
3: to that. It wasn't 100% me because being principled, because I also just ran out of time in addition, but I chose that moment as the moment where I gave up. Yep. Yeah. That's uh, the
1: part where, it, like, your has Creed story ended. And so you saw <laughs> that occurred... ...climbed out of the screen
2: and, like, cut his own throat. (laughs) Desmond took the... (laughs) Yeah, and it was was like, nope, we're done here. History
1: is lame. (laughs) (laughs) History is for nerds.
3: (laughs) Which is completely what Desmond would say, because he only speaks in fucking quips and confusion. Right. The opening of the game was such a weird shift for me, not just because I was trying to get a handle on what was going on because the game such a direct sequel, but also because Desmond kept treating all of the shit that was happening like he was literally in an amusement park, like in one of those sit-down <laughs> rides. Meanwhile, Miss Serious Doctor Woman, or whatever her job is, is just fucking wrecking armed guards with her bare hands <laughs> yeah. and you're like oh man you look totally nice today or whatever the fuck yeah. he said yeah, like she, and she's
1: always like just don't do anything because you'll hurt yourself you have the full combat mechanics at your disposal and because I was just trying to figure out the controls because the controls are displayed as like a colored circle with an icon in it yeah. that are like a hand holding something. Mm-hmm. But, like, that doesn't translate in my brain because, obviously, the hand holding something is, like, a represents a button on a controller. Of course. But, for me, it was left click. Yeah. And, like, they didn't explain things like, to run, you hold right click. And so, like, I was doing, I was just, like, doing whatever. And at one point, like, Desmond just, like, turns around and, like, does that, like, because when he enter a combat encounter, he just, like, magnetizes himself to someone mm-hmm. and just, like, punches a dude in the face. And I was, like... <laughs> Oh, like I can just, and just beat the crap out of everybody and just stop waiting. <laughs> yeah, the whole opening sequence is really bad um, and then gets worse from there. Like every character you're introduced to is horrible. <laughs> Everyone is unlikable. Like nothing they say makes any sense outside of like the Yubi-verse. or
3: matters. None of them matter. That yeah. was the most surprising thing to me as I kept going on. I thought the moments for oh, the frame you,
2: story. Yeah, when you get oh, pulled yeah. out
3: of the animus, I thought they'd happen like every three hours or there'd be things i'd actually have to do other than like that one weird test you have to
2: climb some boxes yeah Yeah. apparently that kind of thing happened in the first one and people didn't like it Mm -hmm. Mm
1: -hmm. yeah because like like, the twist
2: of the first game was that it was a simulation
1: like you weren't supposed to know that until like a certain like prescribed point in the game and knowing the twist is part of what made me not want to play assassin's creed one because i didn't care about the story i was interested in the gameplay <laughs> but the, if this game was just better in every way i was like yeah
2: like it. that's something i wanted to talk about like because i think that's the most interesting thing about this series is like i knew of the assassin's creed franchise but had never played it or really known anybody who was into them yeah mm-hmm. i didn't know that was a thing like the whole like animus animus simulation uh, thing oh. until like Dan got Black Flag a couple years ago, and he was like, we were just talking about it, and he was like, oh, that's, like, the whole thing with Assassin's Creed is, like, a simulation. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, I just thought that was the weirdest thing, well, and, like, I didn't know, like, how what other people thought of it. The reason that the fact that they were in
3: one was a confusing fact for me to learn is because I thought what they were... Like, I had always knew, known about the frame story and <laughs> known about what they were actually doing with the historical jumping. So I thought they were using the frame story, uh, in, not just in 2, but I thought in the series as a whole, it's just an excuse to do all the video game shit. Like, they, they, they did that well, I thought, in 2. Like, it's an excuse for the existence for all the menus, it's an excuse for all the prompts, it's an excuse yeah. for loading I, levels.
2: I really hate that. Uh, sure. That's I, a fine-tonal yeah, thing. Okay.
1: But it, I, it contextualizes it. Oh, yeah. successfully, yes, I guess. I like, it's not yeah. a complete failure. I won't
2: argue that. Right.
3: Which, is, But how in one... I guess, did, did they still have
1: all of the, like, wireframe shit and they just didn't explain it at all? And uh, no, they played one? Of all the things that I know about Assassin's Creed 1, the UI is not one <laughs> of the things that I'm, like, just aware of. I feel There's like really
2: if they were... If that's true information, and it was played as a twist, yeah. they couldn't have done that, right? Exactly, yeah. Right. And that was I the mean, only reason I thought they did it in the first place. If you were
1: playing Assassin's Creed 2, and when you and they cut the whole intro sequence, they cut all of the VO from the people, and it was just like a historical assassination fiction, science fiction thing. Mm-hmm. And when you hit the pause button, it came up with like, a white background with red pillars, and you, like, scroll through them, would you even give it a thought past, like, this seems a little out of place?
2: When did the first one come out?
1: 2009? Yeah. 2007, sorry. 2007? This is 2009. Okay. Last one, See, I feel
2: like now, if a game did something like that, I would think it was fishy. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, back then, I don't know. Maybe because yeah. I was younger, or maybe because games hadn't been as ambitious with their storytelling yet. Yeah. But it's hard to say. Yeah. Either way, I thought it was... Because, like, Talos Principle was a game where, like, as soon as glitchy things happened in the environment in that game, I was like... I'm in a simulator." I'm in a simulation. <laughs> <laughs> but nothing glitchy happens uh, in this game
3: unless it's, like, explicitly called out as a glitch. But they don't do anything with the frame story other than just making excuses for the menus and all that stuff that's gonna happen. Like, the Animus works perfectly. It is an exact, accurate simulation of everything, and nothing goes wrong.
1: Well, you're aware of, of Black Flag's, like, primary conceit, right? Oh, yeah. That you were like a, you're, like, a QA tester for a video game. Yes. So it's, like, that is, like, the ideal version of the Animus interface, <laughs> where it is just, like, a totally unnecessary thing that just explains game elements. Yeah. In this game it feels out of place even though it is a good representation of those game elements. It just is weird generally. It's, I
2: think it comes off as so weird cuz they don't do anything with it. Yeah. Yeah, you know, cuz like it even like I don't know if they like shifted focus in the middle of the game or something, but like that part in the in the beginning and then that part in the middle where they take you out, it seems like they're setting things up to like do something with the frame story, and absolutely none of it pays off by the end of the game. Yeah, because yeah. then you you go back in, and then you don't come out to the end credits, and you're escaping the lab. <laughs> so I guess it's all they were maybe wanted to put it in two, and then they were like, "Well, we we'll just put it in three right. or you know, something." Like, the
1: end of the game, you f- like you finish the game as
2: uh, Ezio, like not Desmond. Yeah, and then the credits start rolling, and then you play a short sequence as a Desmond and, like, the bad guys have showed up and you guys had to escape. Right. And, yeah, it, it just... It does seem uh, a
1: little bit, like, aborted mm-hmm. midway through.
3: Dude. To, to tie this into earlier conversations, I think they have such sort of a clash of, like, directions and tones here. Like, I think there's a version of this game that it, that is totally self-serious that could be good and a version mm-hmm. of this game that could also be hilarious if you sort of played up the, like...
2: Meta elements?
3: Yeah, like the
1: Far Cry 2-style
3: ridiculous That's shit going to happen. The
1: hilarious version of this game is Far Cry 3. Mm. And this is actually, like, a thing that I want to go into more. It's something I wanted to go into a while ago, but this whole natural <laughs> conversation <laughs> thing happened. Oh, it's a horrible natural and conversation. Uh, so do we want to take a break and then come back and we'll start talking about more of the, like, open-world design? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Cool. Let's do that, then. Let's take that
2: break. Nah. <laughs> Let's just keep going. <laughs> what right. did you think about... Can the intermission music be Can You Take Me Higher? Can
0: you
1: take
2: me higher? We'll
1: be back from the break. Uh, oh, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> I have a couple of things that, that I wanted to talk about, and a lot of them are sort of like quick hits. Quick hits, good hit clips, but uh, one of the big things about this game that I feel like we haven't discussed and needs to be discussed is that it is an open world game. Yeah, and playing this game is is like very much like just stepping into a time machine back to two thousand and nine when this was just how video games were. Yep, mm-hmm. and it is insane. How similar to the later Far Cry games this is. Really? Like, disturbingly so. And, um, <laughs> like, we talked a little bit about, uh, the, how the, the sense of humor in this game is really immersion breaking. It's because the, um, the acceptable immersion breaking in an open world game should come from the systems. And, mm-hmm. There is a humor to that. And there always is and will be. And there are games that capitalize on it like Grand Theft Auto does. Yeah. But this game pretends that it won't happen. Even though it's going to (laughs) constantly. There are all of these systems in place that are just inherently comical. And then they even emphasize it with lines of dialogue occasionally uh like the previously mentioned like coin throwing mechanic yeah where people will literally just run and be like money money <laughs> <laughs> getting gold the easy way like these are all things people actually say in this game it costs them insults to get sort of thrown at you for like jumping around yeah and, and the people who are just like yeah that's another thing is like it's a mechanical thing where they want you to be aware that people are seeing you And they also want you to be aware when people stop seeing you. But because you can run at like a thousand miles an hour and because it's an open world game and therefore you can like climb a building and just get the fuck out, whatever you want. Yeah. You end up with interactions where like a guy goes, That dude's got a real sharp tailor. He's disappeared. (laughs) Like (laughs) like he was like commenting to his friend about how you looked and then you vanished and then he was like, He's gone. It's just really awkward it, it, like that's the kind of thing that like really bugs me about how seriously the game wants you to take it versus how they seem to take it in development. It feels like a too many cooks kind of thing, oh yeah, this yeah. is absolutely like
3: too many cooks the game,
2: yeah, yeah, the big biggest thing against this game, I think, is just how like ungraceful a lot of it is mm-hmm. like there's a lot of good ideas in here, and it's all pulled off like pretty well but like pretty much everything needs polish yeah there's like lots of okay yeah probably yeah the first half of the game i was like this might be the most okay game i've ever played (laughs) (laughs) and then i got more into it the more i played it but still very okay more into it in a positive way yeah i got more i was much more positive on the game upon finishing it than i was like at the halfway point. I had an opposite trajectory, but only because of
3: fatigue. Uh, the, the open world systems, I initially sort had a lot of fun with. I think, weirdly, my favorite part about the game was that they let you have the active choice of whether or not you, like, leave your city and squalor, like your home base town. I like that you had, like, not just a home base place like you normally do in these open world games, but you had an entire city that was, like, kind of partially under your control and finance. Like, yeah,
1: I don't wanna like come off as like elite gamer here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but like this game was so like easy in its encounters yeah. that I found very little else to spend money on. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like I remember I 'cause I, the first thing I did was renovate like five things or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then I renovated the rest of it with the money after like three missions on, like, literally the whole thing was just done. And it would be like, you've got 50,000 florins in the box. I was like, it's been 20 minutes. Like, (laughs) (laughs) what am I supposed to... Medicine's 100 bucks, that's all I buy. And you you get a discount if you upgrade your... (laughs) Your uh, doctor guy. Yeah. Yeah.
3: The discounting was weird. There was less, sort of, like, equipment grindiness. Not that they should have added on another video game feature on this feature full
1: of video game features, games features, but... Like, <laughs> in our feature on Assassin's Creed 2's features. Yeah. <laughs> like
3: I got I ended up when I figured out at the like 11th hour uh, that uh, I was not going to be able to finish the game that I had like three more memory sequences to go. I was so confused when
2: I realized that like I had the end game gear. Like mm-hmm. I had gone through all of the tombs. See, I don't think that that was supposed to be end game gear so much as it was just supposed to be like an extra collectible. Then why would you get the best gear like I don't like I think it was I think it was supposed, to, it was supposed <laughs> to incentivize like the open world like exploration part cuz like nowadays lo- there's lots of open world games. But like in 09 like I feel like a lot of people would have picked this up and went straight through the story. Yeah. And like I think that was there to be like Go find these tombs off the beaten path, and you get a cool thing. If I
1: had continued on my trajectory, I would have never gotten uh, Altair's armor. Because I had, at the point that I stopped, I had done two tombs, and I wasn't planning on doing a third. You didn't like the tombs. It's not that I didn't like them. I was just trying to get as much of it done as I could. Like oh, I Really, honestly, like I got to a point where I stopped progressing through the story because I felt like the story wasn't really the main focus of the game. Yeah. And it became increasingly obvious over time that that was the case. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I did... There are lots of, like, sub and mini-games that I have one of a bunch completed <laughs> on my stats screen. Yeah. Um, because I was just trying to sample everything. And that's where the Far Cry 3 stuff comes in. Far Cry 3, 4, Primal, Blood Dragon, that kind of thing. Like the feathers and all that shit and all yeah. the numbers. Because what it is is they fill it... They just wanted there to be stuff to do and the problem with that design philosophy and i feel like it's a thing that has kind of died off more oh yeah so. Th- this in 09
3: we were like hitting the, the ramp of open world yeah. and in the waning years we crested over it and now in the modern day we are on like the sharp
1: downturn like the the post assassin's creed being constant world yeah and because and, what it is is they want they, like, in an open-world game, they feel like the player is going to get bored if they don't give them something to run to at all times. But when the things that they put in the game are not engaging themselves, that is where the problem lies. Like, a race mission is not exciting. Yeah. It's just another thing to do, and by the time you've done 30 of them, you're just sick to death of it. It... it like people who want to complete the game 100% are going to hate themselves <laughs> and people who like just go through the game normally aren't even going to engage with it so it's like this content doesn't need to exist i even <laughs> find collecting the feathers more fun than the mini games because it involves like an active yeah. challenge of like doing something that i find inherently enjoyable yeah, it's which like, is climbing. it's
2: just the system yeah,
3: yeah. as much as i don't like this game generally. I don't want to bash on it too hard in terms of all of the systems because there were just by virtue of bulk of what you had to do, a lot of individual systems that I liked We already touched on. My, my favorite
2: thing in the whole game were the tombs. Mm, uh, me too actually. Yeah, I thought th- that when it felt the most like Prince of Persia. Yeah. And also
3: which is I think sort of I sort of showing our biases here because it's also when the game was its most prescribed and linear. Yeah. Yeah. It's when they've like set up specific challenges
2: for us to get there through. There was the one church that was my favorite, the one where you go in all the way up to the top. I think it was in Florence. Oh yeah, that church was awesome. That was my favorite. <laughs> yeah. But
3: so I liked those I also liked, uh, this just one very tiny example, this wasn't nearly as big as a system of the tombs or anything, but um, the way that they implemented thieves, I was always happy about thieves. Because um, <laughs> you have, they're super red and they're imposed on the mini-map, so they always like sort of show up by surprise when you see them and you can't plan for them. It's sort of, subverts the checklisty nature of how a lot of these like open-world encounters are supposed to go. Right. Because you don't go to thieves. Thieves come to you. And mm-hmm. then they have something similar to how the races work, where it's a test of your movement abilities. Because the guy moves a little bit slower than you. So you, if you mess up anything,
1: he gains a pretty significant amount of ground. Right. Uh, this is the... in The Far Cry 3 version of this is bears... <laughs> you would just, like, be strolling along doing your thing and suddenly be mauled by a bear. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought the bears were, like, running away. And Far <laughs> was just you like, just get that bears. fucking bear! <laughs> no, that's what I did. I just chased bears down and blew them up with grenade launchers. Um.
2: <laughs> Dude, neither of you got to the end. But, yeah. like, the end of the 13th sequence, before you get to the 4th one... Mm-hmm. It just throws up a roadblock in your face and is like, you need all 30 codex pages to finish the game. Yeah, so you have to go on a stupid fetch quest. Yep, so you just have to go grab them all at once. Mm -hmm. Like, I had, like, 15 of 30, and I was like, oh, great. (laughs) Yeah, Like, it just seems like such, like, an old, like... (laughs) <laughs> N64 or PS1 era form of, like, padding. Yeah. Like, go do something else to make the it game It literally nice is longer.
1: Banjo-Kazooie. Like, just go get all the notes so you can open more the last like,
2: door. It's more like the Triforce chart sequence in Wind in Waker. Oh, yeah, it's absolutely yeah. straight from Wind Waker. This was probably the weirdest example of, like, non-polished
3: because they made the codex seem like it was such a big deal to the lore. And then a large percentage of these forget pages... forget about it. Until the end, and they're like, oh yeah, that thing. Well, you keep randomly getting tiny pages, yeah. but like the, like half the pages that you have to get or something are literally just
2: like in buildings guarded by four people. Yep, they're all the same. So you just have to go to each city, find them on your map, go to them, kill four guards, take it. That's so yeah. fucking weird. Fifteen times in a row. <laughs> Imagine if in Wind Waker, like
3: the little pieces that you had we're just like in a hut guarded by two hobgoblins. <laughs> <laughs> it was just 16 times. It was just that really, really tiny easy yeah. encounter.
1: This is just this is Ubisoft's like open world design where they pick a thing and they make it something they can easily iterate on and then they put 30 of them in the game. But they loaded this so you had to do it all at once. Right. The fact that it's it's mandatory is where they fucked up in yep. this game. Yeah, that's <laughs> the weirder one because normally with stuff like that where you do the iteration, it's
3: really insignificant stuff so that it's not it never gets in your way because you only have to be like self-inspired to go do it. Like the feathers in this game. Right. The feathers are the example of the normal random collectible where there's nothing really tied to it, but they're always put in positions where you're like, well, I can get to that and get to that feather. And it's supposed to be getting them, it's supposed to be the accomplishment. Right. But instead, they played up the item as if it's like a significant part of the lore yeah. and then just did nothing. Like, most of them were just owned by random people, guarded by four guards, and you left their door open anyway. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> and like, I, like don't need to lock the door. You have four guys. I think <laughs> that you can get them, like, just like th- throughout the whole game. Oh, yeah. I had 20 before I yeah. quit. Yeah. But so, um, what was I going to say? So I guess it's okay, but like, yeah, like the game doesn't like point out like you yeah. should be getting these. Yeah, it, it's like they mention it
1: to you occasionally. Or they talk about it, and like you go talk to Leonardo da Vinci. He'll be like, "Oh, Codex page. Yeah, here's your super you're like, secret assassin like technique." Julian, I'm Pull the guy to play into a email. Yeah. <laughs> yeah kind of have fun Leonardo. You know, it's uh... a great philosophical codex page. it
3: give yeah. you some health for some reason. It's yeah. <laughs> yeah, up that. <laughs> and every four, you get, it's just another right. strange incentive because they realized that they needed them because they couldn't actually build up a mechanic set around acquiring the codex pages. Mm. But that was... I had the opposite experience. Yeah, so I didn't weird, think they were optional. Block. I took the narrative at face value when it said, like, these codex pages are super fucking oh, important. See, so geez. I got
2: every single one, and we kept being confused that they were all the same stupid four-guard encounter. Yeah. Yeah, like... That's another thing. We haven't really talked about the narrative that much other than in well, broad I... strokes. Yeah. Did anyone else find it really boring and kind of hard to follow?
1: Oh, yeah, of course. I think it is patently hard to follow. Yeah, I, I feel I think, like you yeah, only just, get bored like, with it if you're really paying attention.
2: To yeah, like, it'll be. <laughs> <interesting>. um, <laughs> But like there is one point just like randomly in the game where it just skips forward like three years. Oh no,
3: the game keeps doing that. That's yeah. the point. This yeah, game takes not, place over like twenty years. Yeah, you or don't something.
2: even like notice. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't in, like I showed back up
1: and was talking to Leonardo and he's been like he was like, The last two years have been good to you. I was like what? it has like been like forty minutes. Yeah, there's, a, there's, a, there's
3: a place where uh, yeah, has like a. I've spent ten years exact, hunting yeah. down my family's yeah, killers. I yeah, was like
2: ten years. Yeah. Yeah. Because nothing what? else in the game changes. Yeah, I was which... like, you mean like a couple of tops? <laughs> 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 it, it makes
3: sense that they wouldn't. Like, of course, they're not gonna like rebuild
1: <laughs> the city every single time they right. do one of these no, time none jumps. Of the
3: All of the they do is put a
1: texture over it though, and be like, they put a texture over. No, is it all they would have to do? Like, it's put like a texture. like. But there's just, a lot of fucking texture to be broken. That over. is true. Yeah, and but like, j- just, you know, like uh, a place that you've been to before, throw like a sign on the door that says like closed. <laughs> <laughs> Anything to indicate that some time has passed, but nothing happens.
2: Yeah, yeah all they do the is they characters. have the age. Yeah. Also, I X- refuse X- to believe. 10 years old. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I refuse to believe that Ezio spent two years learning how to dodge swords. Like, <laughs> yeah. it doesn't take that long. I do it three times and they were like you're good you learned it now we'll take 11 months off and i'll teach you the next thing
3: the only hints that you get are the year pop-ups but because we're playing a game about like historical fiction like whenever people talk about history we don't group years into the same time periods that we do in our actual life Mm -hmm. like even if you're like a super history buff you can maybe group things into like decade spans once you get past like 1850 or whatever and we're talking when the game takes place in like 14 whatever then the 100 year difference is the only thing that we're going to like really pay attention to like I didn't it's not like I memorized the four digit year the first time it was
1: shown to us I I won't even (laughs) do that well actually this might even be worse like when when they give you like a date like an actual date where it's like October 18th I'm like I'm never gonna remember what like what fucking day it was when I did that mission, and it'd be like, next is october twenty first like it's been three days. It's like, has it? <laughs> I forgot already. it's been twenty minutes. <laughs> Yeah, so it always ends up blindsiding you, even against the attempts that they took to
3: like make things seem really sequential and different, with like the the numbered sequences in the game. Mm. Uh, like normally, when you have things like that with chapter breaks, it's re- it's a lot easier to make like time pass or to make breaks if you want there to have breaks to exist. But because nothing ever changes in the environment in this game, More. It just didn't work. War never
0: changes. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The, this That's actually. That's like. You could just use that to describe this whole game as basically its main issue is the fact the game tries to make things different, but fails. It just, it has so much of the same stuff over and over
2: again. You do have to give them a lot of credit, though, for, like, trying a lot of new things. Like what?
1: What
3: do you mean?
2: Like... Oh, nothing. Oh, to do <laughs> you caught me. <laughs> Ubisoft paid me to say that again. Um, <laughs> but like they, I don't know, because like thinking of when this came out, like th- this kind of game wasn't the standard. It's like they, they, tr- I'm sure they tried, like the whole movement mechanic, like the movement mechanics were a unique thing, and like the world structure and the way the game's designed. Like there hadn't really been a game like this other than the first one.
3: Oh yeah. And again, I think there's just also by virtue of just how much stuff is in this game, there was a lot to, to, to give them, like, specific right.
1: credit for. It's so much copy-paste, though. It's the same issue I had with with Far Cry. When I went from Far Cry 3, a game that I really liked, to Far Cry 4, a game that I was pretty lukewarm on, yeah. Far Cry 3 is a game that I really liked because I hadn't played it before. <laughs> and Far Cry 4 was the same game. It's like, you can only do... So many assassination missions. You can do only do so many feather collections before you get sick of it.
2: Yeah, I feel like a better kind of game to implement these like mechanics would be a much more linear one.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I well, like like Prince of Persia. Yeah, yeah. Since so the time is, so like, I think you could still some keep mechanics. some open cities, but like still like reduce the scale.
3: I think you aren't really giving credit to how much the, like, active movement system
2: gave them freedom in an open-world environment. True. I mean, like, it fits... Like, I feel like applying, like, movement, like, better movement mechanics is a way to, like, really improve just open-world games in general. Yeah. Because, like, I remember, like, when we played Journey, thinking that, like, if there was, like, an action, like, a Zelda-ish game, or, like, an action RPG with movement mechanics that were, like, this satisfying, mm. like, that would be, like, phenomenal. If you could just, like, run around and just vault stuff. Yeah. And run up stuff. Yeah. And, like, quality of life. Uh, a term like
1: we, we kept coming back to is, like, is polish. We kept talking about, like, some things needed to be polished a little bit more. I feel like this game has so much that, like, couldn't be polished because of just, like, the amount of it that there was. Mm-hmm. But, like, yeah. The movie, as somebody who plays platformers mostly for just the The movement, the freedom of movement Mm -hmm. is what I like about them. Uh, This game was really enjoyable in its base systems because of the movement. Mm -hmm. But yeah, there were things that needed polished. More than once I walked up to
2: a staircase, stopped at the top, and was like, and looked down. Oh yeah, like how many times I was like, well, okay, it didn't happen that many times. But like enough times that it stuck out in my mind where I was just running And like the camera shifted all of a sudden Mm. and I just left off (laughs) the roof. (laughs) Whoops. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there there are number
1: of times where he'd be like, I'll just jump to this ledge on the same building that I'm on and he just goes completely at a ninety degree. He's like, You wanted a leap of faith, right? I was like, I wanted a leap a calculated leap (laughs) of not faith.
3: (laughs) The game sort of trains you in the open world phases not to be calculated. Like it, it's so it's so squishy and it makes up for so much of your imprecision that you kind of I think you kind of just get lazy because once you think about it and you are deliberate as I was when going through a lot of the like timed sequences uh, in the to- in the tombs mm-hmm. it. Well, I thought it was still a really solid movement mechanic set once I just had to sit down and actually think about what I was doing. Right. But it's an, because it's an open-world game with a million collectibles and almost nothing challenges you, you just don't have to do that generally. So it all ends up just becoming like this weird flow state. Like, you, it, it, people talk about flow state constantly within the games as like a positive attitude, and I can see why they would sort of spend all of this time trying to make sure nothing, like, got in your way or, like, interrupted you. Mm. So they succeeded in that regard, but
1: I don't know to what end. Yeah, I don't know how engaging it is to just never have to think and just always be sprinting. And I feel
2: like that had to have eaten up so much development time Mm. to, like, design all the cities to have all those points that you can climb up like, every tall building has a hay yeah. get
1: too. Thank God that somebody was just going around the entire nation of Italy and haphazardly nailing T-shaped boards to every Yeah, building. and, like,
2: pulling bricks out uh, <laughs> like, so that you
1: could climb up. That was actually impressive, come to think of it. Of all the things
3: that were copy-pasted, iterated in this game, the kind of stuff that counts as, like, a thing you grab onto is completely unpredictable like you can you have they did a nice balance between being able to look at a wall and kind of knowing because something's a little bit off or non-uniform that you could climb up it right. but it's never like with the exception of the stuff that you jump off of at the very tops of buildings there's no like uniform this is what I can grab, grab onto object mm-hmm. they're all just different edges and things that you would have to think of in the real so world yeah. yourself and I feel like
2: that has to be like where the majority of time was spent with this game yeah. is getting that right actually making the city for yeah. 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 Did you ever, like, swim in this game?
1: Yes. Did you ever try to, like, climb out of, like, a river? Yes. It is, to me, really frustrating. Because, like, the whole thing looks, like, modeled, like, you would be able to, like, climb it. Yeah. But, like, it has distinct, like, lines that overlap. And so you have to, like, be underneath of the next thing that you can climb up. So I would just, like, sit on the side, like, ass in the river, like... Uh, <laughs> slowly making my way along, waiting for yeah. like the thing to pull up. Yeah,
3: mm. I was I was okay with that. I had similar issues in terms of like the lines that you can or cannot cross. And yeah. yeah. most of those issues evaporated once I got the super
1: jump thing. So uh, yeah, it's it's a it's I think just a design necessity because the whole like game takes place in Italy, and they had to have bottle bottles of water, right? <laughs> <laughs> bodies of water. Right. Uh,
2: <laughs> but yeah this yeah, like was... is one of the places w- you go to yeah
1: and uh, I, but swimming is largely not that necessary for the majority of the game which right. is probably a good thing but
2: apparently they didn't even have it in the first one mm-hmm. and they were like there's a glitch in the Animus there's <laughs> no <was So>, water <laughs> with why Altair can't swim right. yeah. there is at the very least um, I think they did a good job
3: maybe not representing the generalized city but like a lot of the like large landmarks I thought those were both visually impressive and felt sort of like true to the kind of age they're representing. Mm -hmm. I never felt like they were like video game boss rooms. I always treated them like buildings that I had to sneak around. There was only a couple of times I can think of where the way that I had to get into the building was like a super obvious contrived thing. Right. Like there's that one building. I forget if both of you reached it, like somewhat late in the game. That's like the impenetrable building, the one you have to fly into.
0: Mm.
3: Um, And that just has, like, okay, there's a hay bale, there's there's some scaffolding. Like, it's like this impenetrable fortress that is, like, getting repairs on the back left of it. So it's a perfect (laughs) one line that you can walk up. Well, yeah. But most of the time, I thought they actually did a a good job with sort of, like, the larger, like, Venetian structures. I I was impressed by those. And the rest of it was, although very detailed, just so monotonous that there's no way to know.
2: I don't know what it was like for you guys playing on PC. But like the outdoor like field environments looked like ass. Oh yeah, they just the look, they just look like shit generally. Okay, yeah, I was gonna say like the texture work is horrible. Yeah. I was playing but, like in the, ultra in the city, ultra
1: settings, sixty frames per second, shitty grass. Yeah, like area.
2: there was a lot of pop in on the PlayStation. Like, and these are like, like, just grass, And like now nah, there's flowers. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, you were just growing the flowers as you're yes. going by. Like, and like some sometimes kind of I would seed. run across like a puddle and, like, no water effects would trigger at all.
3: Oh, yeah. This is a weird piece of non-police that I actually forgot about and I'm glad that you reminded me of. This game so many times had what I would... I don't know if it's intentional or not, but what I would construe as, like, missing audio effects... Like, times in prescripted cutscenes where you would watch them and it seems like there should be a sound, but there was not a sound
2: at all. That didn't and, happen on console. That actually is a thing. Or There might have been a few times, but not in cutscenes. Yeah. Okay. This is a thing that I've seen in other games
1: before, but I don't think I laughed as hard as I did in this game. When this guy um, pulls Da Vinci out of his workshop and starts beating <laughs> him up. This is of the times! And he, like, goes to kick him, and, like, it makes no noise when his foot impacts him. (laughs) it makes this like light like cloth against cloth like ruffling noise and then he's like you ready to talk now and it's like (laughs) it's hysterical had enough (laughs) (laughs) it's the first time that it happens and it's just the sounds of like two sleeves being like rubbed together kind of roughly and it's supposed to be played off as this thing you're supposed to like
3: rescue him yeah you murdered this guy
1: (laughs) for like for like gently yeah like (laughs) (laughs) had enough (laughs)
2: that's hysterical yeah yeah,
3: that happens a a, a couple of times there was one time where like the main bad guy boss kills someone by stabbing him but the stabbing sequence had no like sound other than like ambient sounds and the Mm -hmm. music and stuff so they have like like a now you die moment it was just like
1: this is is the moment he falls over (laughs) this is the moment where you have like uh Like, you, he's like, sorry to take your prize from you, assassin, and then, like, he sends people after you. Yeah, that's it. Okay. During that whole sequence, after the startling (laughs) no-noise killing that occurred... (laughs) We th- were then treated to the entire fight scene, that guy moaning, which is like horrible and like way louder than it should be. So there's this like weird disconnect. I was really far away when that sequence triggered, so I did not hear the moaning. Oh no, I was really far away too. It was playing <laughs> loudly in my ears. Uh. Oh. The, uh. <laughs> no, th- there are tons of other like examples of this where it's like. Uh, when you enter the first tomb, it plays, like, a cutscene, and you, like, come down and you're, like, a superhero landing, mm-hmm. and your hand clips through a skull that's on the ground. And I'm like, y- like, you made this. Like, you knew exactly what was going to happen to the point that you made it a cutscene. Just move the skull. Like, <laughs> isn't that hard? Like, and there would be other times when, like, it would there'd be scenes where it called for Ezio to, like, turn sharply to the left and he would, like, look over and half his face would have his coat going through it. Yeah, It's like, these are pre-rendered. Like, just do a different thing. Like, this isn't necessary. You can just make it good. This is sort of us
3: looking back on history now, but we know this was less of the case with Assassin's Creed 2 because this is when their success really started to bloom and they gave them the base that allowed them to churn the engine of Creed. Right. But, uh... Like, the condi- the working conditions for these games was not and could not have been good. That's true. Like, even, like, by video game standards, that could not have been good. After knowing what happened with the fucking faces in Assassin's Creed,
1: what, 4? Oh, right. I was gonna actually talk about the faces in Assassin's Creed 2. <laughs> but, like, this is a 2009 thing, not, like, an Assassin's Creed 2 thing. Yeah. But it's been so long since I've played a game from this era... That, like, I've been for the podcast, and like, honestly, like, Bioshock looks better than this game, but oh, it's yeah. because it's such a small, like, area and because right. it's so dark, yeah. But, like, this is like Uncanny Valley to like the hundredth degree, <laughs> where like it looks like a human being but does not act like <laughs> yeah. people's mouths are way too big. And
2: like, <laughs> the Uncanny Valley to the nth degree is will always be the Polar Express. okay yeah i'll agree with that yeah this is yeah because
1: these people look less human than that yeah (laughs) (laughs) the people like this game opens okay we talked about this game opens but then you enter the animus and then the real game opens by your own birth i forgot about this yeah (laughs) and like the now it is my understanding, and as like a mid twenties male, I have no first hand experience with this. Yeah. That uh childbirth is a fairly painful experience. Oh agonizing. I'm sure, positive in fact, that you do not become like the her mouth stretches like a hundred feet <laughs> like during this scene. And I was just so put off by this. <laughs> because like, it's the first thing you see after going through a dumb sequence where you punch a bunch of guards. Yeah. You're then born, and at this point, my it was when I realized the controller didn't work.
3: Oh yeah, you sent me that snap. Yeah,
1: because before the control stick would work, but I guess none of the buttons did. <laughs> because when I was trying to move my hands and arms as a baby, nothing was happening, and so it was just this guy smiling in the corner <laughs> of the screen <laughs> for like seven whole minutes while I tried to troubleshoot it. <laughs> God,
3: what a, I can't even about the birth scene. What a perfect example of how this game takes itself too seriously.
1: Yeah, yep. like God, this game tries to pull off way more things than it is like capable of doing with its mechanic set. Yeah. Like it really wants to be like an art house game.
2: I don't know about Part that. of it does. Yeah.
1: Part of it does. At
2: least, like, two or three it's...
1: people on the development team wanted it to be an art yes, house Yes, they
2: tried to shove some art house ideas into the game.
3: Like, w- when... Like, the end. At the time, when this was, like... When the series was, like, starting and going through, they had, like, personal mantras about, like, only going to locations that weren't normally explored in video games. Mm-hmm. Like, the reason that I will never, like, get, like, a World War One version of Assassin's Creed.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, so, like, they care enough... At least for stuff like that, were they willing to just, like, write off things that are too mainstream coming from the
1: developers of the, Attas- the
3: Assassin's Creed
1: series? It, right? It's really telling when, like, one of the first lines said by, I want to say names, like, Rebecca? The, like, coder lady? Oh, I, why would I know any of their names? Yeah, they're all terrible. I know Sean, because Sean is an asshat. And <laughs> I actually marked down why does no one call out Sean for being an asshat. hat? <laughs>
2: I mean, he is just an asset. Yeah, there's that's, no other He's character a whole as this. character. Yeah,
1: <laughs> but it, it, she's like at one point, she's just like we did like more with a smaller, more focused team than they could ever do with all of their funding. And I was like, how ironic is it for Ubisoft <laughs> to like espouse the the like privilege of having a small team? It's like. Ubisoft Montreal is not what you would call a small developer. Yeah. Would they... Especially coming off of the success of Assassin's Creed 1. Yeah. They were probably sitting on, like, chairs made of gold bullion. Like... The the higher-ups were sitting on oh, gold yes. Oh yeah. <laughs> the coders were sitting on whatever they could
3: find. It's laying the... around the yeah. office, like yeah, old it's... filing
1: cabinets turned on their side. During
3: the pit wars, when people had to fight over the <laughs> necessary <laughs> resources to create video games, yeah.
1: <laughs> uh the fuck were we talking about? Uh, something it, about Fast trying to be an art house, yeah. it, right? And it, it's like
2: it's it's like yeah, like some people on the team wanted it to be, and then they were told no. <laughs> they were <laughs> they were trying to, they were writing checks that they couldn't cash, mm-hmm.
1: but the bank only cut like a few of them, <laughs> and like, <laughs> like actually it, just pulled from someone else's account. On a few, of them. it's like
2: they had this crazy sci-fi like frame story idea, and then someone was like, no. We need to refocus the project. Maybe but we, then, like, some of it stayed in. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's so true. And
1: then they have, like, this whole subplot about, like, how Subject 16, oh, like, yeah. crazy.
2: That That's was, Assassin's Creed 1. Is it? I assume, right? But, but like, Desmond is the character. Yeah, in Desmond's in yeah. But Who is in the Animus. Isn't Desmond supposed to, This is me not knowing anything about Sanskrit. 1. Okay. Desmond is
1: supposed to be, like, an actual descendant of these people, right? Yes, yeah. But Subject 16 was in the same, like, Animus he was universe. In, he was in the Animus and doing things to the Animus information network. But just, like, yeah. wherever... But, like, why would he put... this is me conflating game design and and not game design (laughs) where they just like put a symbol like on a building in a difficult to reach place specifically so that you would have to climb to it not because it makes any sense narratively. Yeah why did he hide all of his little
3: information things within a 20 year span in Venice? I can't believe I
2: forgot to bring that up but like I found that like super intriguing and thought that was gonna go somewhere and it didn't at all. It goes nowhere. Like they don't explain it at all. Right. And, like, I thought they were going to be, like, a portal thing, like a Ratman kind of thing. Right. Where, like, somebody's consciousness got lost in there or something. So it would have been a good way for them to use the frame story for something. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, just so that, uh, the listeners do not think that we're putting this episode out, um, In relation to one, the Assassin's Creed movie coming out this month. Oh god! Or the Ezio trilogy of Assassin's Creed games being remastered and re-released early next year. I didn't know that either. Uh, We don't actually care that much about what happened to Subject Sixteen. Please do not buy those, (laughs) and do not go see their shitty movie. We don't know if the movie's
3: yeah. Gonna be bad. do bad. I think you're being a bit too aggressive here about this. I think I've seen all of the Assassin's Creed movie trailers. I think all of the sounds in those trailers were bad, but all of the images in those trailers
1: were good. If I turned the sound off, I would have liked them. But If it was a f- if, the, if
2: sound is half of the movie... I know, I know. Hey, I'm just saying hey, I'm not willing hey. to just poo through my <laughs> no. mouth. We probably shouldn't argue about the Assassin's Creed movie. No, I, mean, I haven't, wait. We can talk about it off-cast. <laughs> thank hey. you, Andy, guardian of
1: cast. All I'm going to say is I don't think it's unfair to assume that the movie's going to suck. Okay. Right, you're entitled to your opinion, Chad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. All right. Um, I don't know, does anybody have a, uh... Why do
3: you spend so many sequences in this video game walking and listening to other people talk, but you walk
1: slightly faster than they do, so it's annoying? Why does that happen? Mm. Uh... I just didn't bother. Like, I remember there was a part where, like, Mario's talking to you uh, about, like, Koopas or some shit, <laughs> and I just, like... He was like, go somewhere and do a thing. Here's some money. But I was like unsure how he gave me the money because I was like a hundred feet away from him. (laughs) <laughs> on top of a
2: building doing other things. But, like, there's sequences where you're supposed to, like, follow them. I just ran point. ahead of them. Uh-huh. Oh, people, when you but follow someone, like, when you they stalk someone? They didn't have, like, a point on a map for you to go to, though. It was always just you had to follow their little... Yeah, it, yeah it, this just, time I was out like
3: just... because it was just going different places in the uh, uh, little chateau that yeah. you live in. But okay. normally, you, like, if you're too far away from them, the game yells at you. Yeah. So you have to be, like, within a certain okay range. I'm not talking about when you're tailing people. That's like an actual game mechanics thing. Right. I'm talking about when you and Leonardo da Vinci have like a conversation about right. things that don't matter for like about four to five minutes, as you have to <laughs> walk in the most annoying fashion because they they just couldn't put in an auto walk button. They couldn't do anything. They couldn't make it a cutscene. It was worth half the time. They just had to have all the audio in and had you to just stop and
1: start just over
2: and over yeah. again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is them trying to do a non-cutscene cutscene. To save it, money. It's yeah. not
1: even unique to this game. Like it's just a
2: thing that like. Has Especially existed. in this in... era. Yeah. Like when the non cutscene cutscene was becoming a thing. And also for some reason <laughs> NPCs always walking scene. slightly slower than you. Yeah. Yes. Or Why there sometimes thing? where they would walk slightly faster than you. So that like you would have to like you to like, run you have to run a little <laughs> and stop and run a little and stop. I was
1: super happy to find like the the dumb mission where you have to run your
2: family. A, like, across Bover a field. with a truck. Yeah. <laughs> I was just speaking of that. Oh, with Da Vinci and you're on the cart?
1: Yeah. No. Well, that is cool. But I actually liked that sequence. I also liked oh, that was, the sequence. Okay. Sorry. But no, the, the part where I'll just, like, steamroll through these next two topics. Yeah. But uh, the scene where you, like, walk your family to the chateau yeah. is, like, I was so happy to discover that they could run. So I was just fucking... Book in it, and they were just like, Where are we going? and just like sprinting along behind me. I was like, I don't care. Please go away. And then we had to like fight people. I didn't realize people were beating up my mom. (laughs) So I ended up like, she had like a quarter of her health left. (laughs) I was like, Oh, geez, we stabbed the guy. Yeah, I did a slow stab because they were just being helpless and getting all the
3: attention from the guards. But yeah, my only explanation in terms of the slit walking sequences, at least early game. I remember thinking like, do they think that I want to like carry Leonardo da Vinci's box? Fucking box! <laughs> <Is> that <laughs> like, what? Do they think that I have such reverence for history that I'm just going to listen to their analog of da Vinci say whatever they think da Vinci should say when he was
1: 20? Mm. Yeah, that was very strange. Yeah, padding. Mm. A uh, it. Not a unique thought.
2: Etc. There go pizza Therefore,
1: uh, so this is not a unique thought for me. Yeah, uh, you guys remember riding a horse? I have ridden a uh, horse. It sucks. Oh, it's you know it's like in, it, no, it in every game like yeah. I've said before. <laughs> oh, you mean in
3: video games? So yeah. like in, in reality, this oh.
1: game the horse riding still sucked. Though I did like the fact that you could basically run over farmers with no consequence. Yeah. People <laughs> would just be like plowing the fields. and just be like... And then
2: just keep going. I thought the horse riding was like whatever. But like the fact that you could fast travel, like why, the, why would you even bother? Yeah, I right. rode the horses
1: three times. That sounds about right. Ever. Yeah. I mean, you can't... You have to fast travel from like prescribed locations. Yeah. That's awful.
3: Yeah, it is very bad. Don't do
0: that.
3: Especially when the prescribed locations are, like, one-third as prevalent as all the other prescribed (laughs) locations that they're going to just, like, spit around. For some reason, they thought, like, they had to, like, rationally justify the existence of, like... I guess with these like travel services over land or sea. Because they're all in places that would make sense to have, like, I rent a horse, I rent a boat. Right. But didn't care about that with any other shop or. Yeah, they're just
1: like, I'm this blacksmith. There are two more down the road. (laughs) And it's like, okay. Yeah. Well, fast travel that was not
3: based in, like, it was was
1: inconvenient fast travel. (laughs) It was an inconvenient convenience. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is that is a problem of game design. I honestly don't think
2: that I really have anything else. Oh, I've got things. Do you have if you think, Annie? Uh, not especially. Good, good. I've
3: come to the conclusion uh, that I will never like a stealth game that doesn't have a gun in it. This has a gun. No, you can get a no, gun. no, like, like a like, like one that works. Guns. That's good. Gotcha. <laughs> Sorry, correction. Not like a gun. Like at least one gun. Like, like thousands of guns. So there there thousands
1: of guns. Was like a gun in a glass case somewhere, and yeah. you're like, okay, this is fine. Yeah. <laughs> so why? Because.
3: Anytime you attempt to model the existence of a gun, even if you do that with a whole lot of sort of like flexibility to the player and how much damage they can take and how much they can mess up, it's always infinitely more threatening than like non gun scenarios put into games like this.
1: Because
3: because they have all these stealth games and mechanics, and because stealth games normally accent your ability to like move or traverse environments in their unique or fast ways, mm-hmm. if I if being seen doesn't equate to being in danger, it becomes boring. When, yeah. If the guys in this game had guns, you could not have barreled through the game. Right. Because they could kill you when they
2: see you, not when they catch you. I don't want that to be a division. Right. But I think that comes about because they wanted this to be an action game. Yeah. Like this I don't they is... didn't want it to be like a game where like Metal Gear, where if you get caught you're fucked. I would count Metal Gear 5 as an action game. I meant, like, Metal Gear 1 I'm
1: going to moderate here. Metal Gear Solid 1. Yes, Uh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) That was what I was moderating, but Metal Gear 1... fuck you. (laughs) I heard Uh, (laughs) all that, (laughs) bro. But yeah, I believe that this game is not a stealth game, first and foremost. It has stealth elements, and the issue that I have is that Yes, if you get caught, you can fight your way out of a situation or just fucking run away. Yeah. Um, but in the game, when it forces a stealth section, if you're caught, it just desynchronizes. And you have to start the whole fucking thing over again. Right. And that is awful. Oh, yeah. So, a situation where there's present danger to you when you get caught, but not immediate failure is the best middle ground. Absolutely. And, and it always will be. And that's why I
3: always thought that the gun's the optimal solution. Mm-hmm. Because it's just another mechanic set. Like, getting fired upon, I don't want it to be like... Actual life guns, where you were just dead if that happens. Yeah, so you <laughs> one <laughs> judge Like in war, yeah. or like uh, I don't know, uh, Rainbow Six, like the earlier ones, and I guess Siege now too. But yeah. okay,
2: what if they all had bow and arrows? They do have some
3: of them. Do have bow and arrows, and they're shitty, and they never hit you. Okay, but what and, if the bow and arrows were good?
1: Uh, I don't think I've ever even seen an archer fire an arrow. Yeah, an archer hit they me once the yeah. whole game. But, I, I saw him, like, he, like, pulled things. an arrow out, and this actually happened, like, almost every time I saw an archer. Yeah. He'd, like, notch an arrow, and yeah. then knock, I guess, uh, and then I would walk toward him, and then he would just throw them <laughs> on the ground and pull well, the sword yeah. every
2: well, time. The only time I ever got hit by archers was when it was, like, big groups of enemies, and there were, like, archers up on the wall. Yeah, when you weren't yeah. paying attention yeah. to them or something,
3: and that makes sense. But I don't think archery in games like this would be a generalized solution either just because of the way that the crowds work like if you have someone with a gun and like the crowd does the panic disperse thing it's like a lot the, the the arrow the bullets going to go through the people and there are going to be more bullets behind it it's not like an arrow where it's just going to hit one person and you have to start the yeah
1: sequence well, no, that's the thing is that the bullets would still just probably hit one person
3: right but there, <laughs> my point is there's more bullets after that oh
2: right yeah, yeah. you don't have to actually like put a, get a new arrow out and what yeah. if Da Vinci had invented an automatic crossbow. Yeah. We could maybe get away with that. We could. <laughs> yeah. Repeating crossbows did exist. It would also
1: be really questionable, I mean already the guards do very questionable things, but whether or not a guard would morally want to just gun down a crowd of people to get to you? In a hilarious open world video game like this, they're gonna do that anyway. I mean, I guess. In this game like I would always I always like to like make the guards accidentally hit civilians, because, like, they always had the best dialogue. Whenever that happened, like, people would just yell at them, and then the the guards would, like, kind of be
2: ashamed of what they did. I never had that happen once. I'm really <laughs> sad about that. It, it It can happen without you noticing. Yeah. Mm-hmm like I, I think I killed civilians on accident and like didn't even notice because <laughs> they just kind of ran into the fight while it was happening. I killed one type of civilian not on accident. Oh, and many, then it many, like, many pops times. up on the screen. It's like Ezio didn't kill civilians. Yeah, yeah. Fuck that. it's like
1: what? Why would you do that? Do you remember,
2: uh... This is just a you thing can just murder thousands of guards <laughs> and that's totally fine. Yeah, <laughs> but not civilians, though.
3: including guards that like aren't. Like, guards that are with people that you're now allied with at that point in the narrative.
2: Oh, we didn't talk about the final boss. We talked about it off-cast. We did. We talked about it on-cast. In terms of killing civilians, uh,
3: I had this sort of weird cycle that went on uh, where I just made it like a personal law for myself, like an additional rule of the game. To kill all the civilians. (laughs) 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 <laughs> uh, every minstrel that came up to me instantaneous death for that man yeah. and I made it a rule because it was a way to make the game sort of more interesting to me when it came up because I wasn't looking for the minstrels so it was it was another thing similar to the thieves that would sort of unexpectedly happen and I had to deal with the consequence even though the consequence was me killing that minstrel immediately yeah. but um I really do not like those minstrels, and I don't know why they exist. They don't seem to do anything other than annoy you.
2: Yeah, like, do they? Okay. They draw attention to you. Like, is that true? I've yes. never seen
3: them draw attention
2: to me once. Yeah, like, if there's guards walking by and a minstrel walks up to you, he starts singing about you. Right, and, right. Look and then at the you. guards will come over. Right. That's
3: what I expected, and I didn't really give them the chance, so I guess I yeah. didn't really know. But,
1: but, like, and the and minstrel, d- like, describes your facial features <laughs> right. like a but, police like, sketch.
2: If I saw one coming, I just started sprinting and, like, <laughs> not it out of the way. way. I, I would
1: just throw a cash in. Them. I and do that. everyone in the vicinity would <laughs> sprint
2: <laughs> yeah. toward my 10. <laughs> I only did that like once or twice because I just thought that was annoying to like switch weapons all the time.
3: Yeah. yeah, I assumed it was going to be the mechanic that you were talking about that drew attention to you but because I always kept myself at such like low notoriety uh-huh. it never seemed to have consequences to me so I decided to kill them instead.
1: Mm-hmm. What like what what fucking did you guys have like multiple minstrels approach you at any time I had like two mm-hmm. like two or three at one point yeah, yeah. what in the fucking world <laughs> is this where like four people <laughs> with lutes show up and just
2: start singing songs si- like separate songs they're co- like just like, coincidentally all about it you it treats them like they're like a homeless person who starts like washing your windshield and a gas station <laughs> but like why like they're, they're running they? up like hoping that you'll throw them change right. like oh yeah. you're so awesome <laughs> what is their motivation in this encounter?
3: Because they want money. You, what? They could get money? Are they were expense to get money. If I ran up to you and just started... It was a different time. Oh my know. god, I'm describing what a mariachi brand is. Yeah. That's what, literally Probably, what they're no, doing. No, a mariachi
1: band is an actual band that makes music. But some of them also. Just yeah, do it's this. just a street musician. Yeah, those exist all over the place. But street musicians
3: are known for attempting to be like separate from the human world and in their own bubble and not trying to engage with people because they don't want to be rude. Street musicians aren't like. like
1: following you, singing about you. specifically No one has ever done that. Invented for this because you would get sued.
2: I bet there's like someone in New York that does that. They just like runs out and like an acoustic guitar and it's like hey. It's probably not like
1: like struggling to make money either he's probably like a YouTube celebrity yeah. Yeah. I was
3: initially going to joke that we were like showing our sort of historical
1: ignorance here that this was like a major economic force <laughs> in the 15th century I like I like the idea of us going to like a video game convention at some point in the future because you will you will find someone who is dressed as Altair or as Ezio <laughs> and just running up to them with lutes <laughs> and just start saying songs about them directly to their face <laughs> like that would be the best like
2: cross cosplay ever yes <sighs> but apparently in the first game they were beggars that would run up to you and ask for money that's better I like and they, more and then they changed it to minstrels in this game you <laughs> This is not equivalent to that. <laughs> they they A so. beggar and a minstrel are they different They were like, things. what's like an Italian
1: beggar? <laughs> like, <laughs> like a minstrel? Yeah, like a beggar with a feather in his cap with a lute? Like,
2: no. There were way more poor people. Yeah. They could just add beggars. Apparently they didn't like beggars. Oh. I think they didn't like the idea. They were they like, beggars just like... can't be choosers. <laughs> so... <laughs> 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 <laughs>
3: Alternatively, they just really hated minstrels. Maybe.
1: I feel like what it probably was was that there's, like, an inherent comedy and just, like, striking down with vengeance. <laughs> just, like, a street musician who's just, like, giddily playing a tune for you. Yeah. Whereas there's, like, a certain amount of, like, social depression that happens when you just murder a beggar because yeah. he was annoying. <laughs> It's like that is terrible, and the other thing is absurd. And they would rather have the absurd thing yeah. in their game than the terrible
2: thing. You've solved it. Yep, that is why. So, how about that final boss fight? Mm. That sounds like can a, we like a joke really quick? Just for
1: my own ego, like describe the conversation that I had when I got here. <laughs> yeah, go for it. And you were just like, give the context. <laughs> you're like, did you finish the game? No. It was like, do you know what the final boss is? No. Do you want to take a guess? (laughs) You have to assassinate the Pope. (laughs) I was correct. (laughs) You were very correct. This is like, for some reason, just so expected from what I was exposed to with this game.
2: Yep. But not only do you have to try to assassinate him... You just have a fist fight with the Pope. Could not have guessed that. <laughs> yeah. Like, and the Pope agrees. He's not like, fuck you, I'm going to kill you with a sword. As someone who like, didn't go through the sequence, what's, like,
3: the tone of this situation? Like, is it supposed to be, like, a dramatic, heroic finale? Where like- yeah,
2: it's supposed to be like, oh, look at how respectful... It's, or no, like how badass Ezio is that he him to a like, fist fight. Wait, then, no, badass. Then, <laughs> then he doesn't. Then he doesn't murder him in the end. He lets him live, and then you're supposed to be like, "Oh, Ezio's the bigger man." But, right. Then know, the Pope. Then the Pope. <laughs> the infallible. Yeah, like pope. they try to play him up like he's real heroic, right at the end, and like he hasn't murdered thousands of oh, people. Right. Yeah, you let one guy
1: live who has done something that was like. By definition, he's not good. He's the
2: most dangerous person that you've encountered in the whole game, and you probably should kill. Yeah. And he's in a position of power. He's the Pope. <laughs> and I'm presuming, like,
1: the leader of the Templars, correct? Yeah. yeah. And you were the, like, foremost assassin. Yes. Why would that not even just be your prime directive?
2: <laughs> it, it was. Yeah. <laughs> and he was just like, He no. just abandons the idea. <laughs> not, not now it's weird yeah. terrible makes it it's
3: just,
2: just totally at all failed
3: and it, god cuz he's not played up as the kind of person who like would resolve a situation with fisticuffs. like at the opening of the game you do that but it's you're like tiny kids you're like it's supposed to they wanted to tutorialize the combat for you before you were, like, crazy knife murder person. Right. But
1: well, back when the combat was actually, like, a challenge.
3: Yes. As
1: opposed to just meandering around, stabbing people in the throat. Yeah, but now that... You can't, like, turn back the clock
3: on being a crazy knife murder person. Like, he's clearly <laughs> really, really bought
2: into the knife stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's, he's just literally just... bought in with lots of florens. <laughs> yes, he's a full-on assassin.
3: Why would he not?
2: One of the best in the world. Yeah. And he just decides not to murder this most dangerous individual. Yeah. Yeah. He
1: has, like, like a literal video game weapon wheel full of interesting <laughs> ways to murder a guy. Yep. And he chooses the one. It's dumb. Yep. It's very dumb. Though, about the weapon wheel, can we talk about how stupid the sound effects are? From the weapon wheel? Yeah. What are you talking about? You're not... Okay, if this didn't stick out to you, maybe I'm being too sensitive. Yeah. You are. But, like, when you, like, switch to the fist, it makes, like, a... "cha" sound effect. <laughs> I never switched to the fist, because
3: I was the knife murder person. Why would I ever need my to I never ever switched again? to the fist, either. Okay,
1: well it makes a terrible sound effect. It, like... When you switch to the sword, it has, like, some sword clashing. Mm -hmm. When you switch to the fucking coins, it makes, like, a cash register. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Isn't that, like, something that, like, a lot of games do?
1: I've never seen a game that, like, makes it...
2: When you equip, like, a weapon, like, having, like, a sword sound effect, that's definitely another game. That's fine, but the fist is... It's just too stupid. Yeah, the fist is kind of comical. Yeah. Makes you think of, like... Boxing love, oh my god. Yeah. All right. Yeah. It's
1: just, and it's obnoxious because it happens when you select it, not when you equip it. Mm-hmm. So like, you could just, like, spin the wheel and it would just make a thousand stupid noises in a row. Like some kind of demented, violent speaking spell. <laughs> or now what are those called? The...
2: Yeah, like the things the that we got. You pull and it spins and, and it makes the sound of an animal. Oh. It lands on. Yeah. yeah, it's always an animal. The only one I teach you with animals, but those weird yes. wheels. Yeah, whatever
1: those are called. The weird, the weird, <laughs> the wacky word <laughs> wheels. Please leave a
2: comment with uh, the name of those of are. those things. all that two viewers that we have, and uh, for all of our
1: baby viewers. <laughs> yeah, all of our baby viewers. And by viewers, we mean not viewers because Liz, it's yeah. the only
3: thing we don't we don't do. You yeah. don't see us. That's the rule. Horrors and
0: murderers,
1: <laughs> spies and thieves. No. She spits. The only thing, the only thing that I have that we have not covered is that I just wrote down the quote: "You broke her heart," and then the other guy says, "Now I'll break your face," <laughs> 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 because I don't think they could have resisted having someone with an Italian accent say, "I'll break your face."
2: That's <laughs> another thing that you just made me think of. All the voice acting in this game sounds like American voice actors doing bad Italian accents. What they were. Yeah. Also, no one, oh, like, I haven't heard anyone an actual... bring that up. <laughs> like, no one was, like, offended by that. That seems amazing. I don't know. That people didn't, like, make a big deal about that. Are Italians, like, a... E- either, are the Italians,
3: like, a, a sensitive group in that way? Or are they, like, a group with enough I cultural like... influence that they would be heard anyway? Not like in like a change sort of way, like literally would we know about it if every Italian was I really know. mad about this? It just it just <laughs> seems
2: like something that like like media would like target like no. I probably, they probably, okay. The thing that I, I call they, okay. they were whitewashing. I don't think the word
1: whitewashing because the voice actors were white people. They clearly whitewashed Drake for this game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Ellie, <laughs> that is on record twice now that I think that your character just looks like a white Drake. But uh, more importantly, though, uh, I don't understand why they chose to just occasionally throw in Italian. Like, the language
2: Italian. I'm actually okay with that. It's like a kind of common like, I'm fine with it. I just don't understand that's it. That's <laughs> like a thing that even, like, movies do. Yeah. Like, if the characters are of a different nationality. Yeah, but the way that they do it in this game is like they'll
1: say entire sentences in Italian and translate them when it's Mm -hmm. like important, but then they'll but most of the dialogues in English. It's like I just don't understand why they chose to do that. So that like you don't forget that you're
2: in Italy because you're a dumbass. It's (laughs) drinking Mountain Dew and eating tomatoes. It's just sort of like punctuation
3: or like like, exclamations, or... In the same way that you use, like, a And every time word. that you
1: kill somebody. Yeah, yeah, that, like... That feels appropriate. Yeah.
3: Yeah, because it, it makes... It's used as a way to make things seem cooler, like the italics font of this game is Italian. Yeah. And it's also used to... I don't know, like... I, I, I agree with you that it's definitely a weird practice to think about, but... I have never disliked it in any form of media. I'm, I've always been sort of okay with the little pep, it,
1: nonsensical peppering of, like, different language influences. Yeah. I mean, I think it's fun, especially if it seems naturalistic, but it, it, to me, it just made me think about the decision, and it's not something that I wanted to think about when I was playing the game. Yeah. It, it, it's well, it's not, like, offensive to me. It's whatever.
0: Yeah.
1: If you're Italian, and
3: you really don't like Ubisoft... You Yeah. Please make sure it's for this reason and not because
1: of always all on. of the other good reasons <laughs> to dislike Ubisoft.
3: <laughs> this was apparently one of the first, like, always on DRM debacles back mm-hmm. in twenty ten or eleven when this came out on PC.
1: Yeah, I don't um, like to give Ubisoft like too much shit, but like, I gave them enough shit at the beginning of of the podcast, I think. But they do sort of make the same game a lot. Okay. Yeah, but this was the first one. This is is the second one. (laughs) This is literally a sequel. But I think, uh, presuming we're not going to go into anything else right now. I had the word Latin music written down, and I forget why. I actually did have a thought about the, uh, the, the soundtrack of this game. I actually kind of liked it. But just because it sounded exactly like the soundtrack you would expect in this kind of a movie.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah.
3: I didn't Good note, good note. It was pretty good. I had... It was sort of... Like, there was a period of time at the opening of the game where I thought I was going to love the soundtrack, but then I got disappointed because I didn't really like the combat music. But that was, like, the only one. But it's a very important track to get right.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: But, because you hear it so often. Like, it's unusual, considering the number of games that we play, for, like, tracks to really stick with me. But the one that's, like, the sort of majestic running around track like it plays during all of the uh like races and the games and stuff um it's sort of just singing and things Mm -hmm. that stayed with me and i was surprised by that
2: no surprise that jj liked the soundtrack and i thought it was really bland and forgettable (laughs) Like, I couldn't remember the way any of these songs sounded to I feel like they're
1: not the kinds of songs that are designed for you to remember
2: them necessarily. Yeah, they're necessarily. like a movie score. Like, yeah. They're supposed to be in the background. Mm-hmm. It has themes. It it is, like, is, yeah. It's like, uh, what's the Assassin's Creed thing? Uh, no clue. Like a, right now. Yeah, there's, uh, like a, okay. there's, like a few, there's
3: like a few things. Yeah. And there's like the little guitar that like strums oh, around. Out, like electric like guitar. Period. Appropriate guitar. Like, I think I think I don't know this for sure. This is exactly the kind of thing that I should look looked at in advance. That uh, like the composer for this game is like actually kind of well known for this work, but he got replaced at some point and People were mad about it.
1: This is this would be news to me. Yeah,
3: speculation cast yeah. twenty sixteen.
2: I think we're yeah. done. I think we're yeah. out of steam. Yeah, yeah. yeah
1: I think the, uh, the like the one thing like my wrap up, I guess, um, would be like I feel like if I played this game at a different time which is my fault, not the games, because it actually came out seven years ago. Yeah. Uh, I probably would have really liked it. Like, I actually would have, like, engaged with it because I was into games like this at the time. Um, But now, this is not a game to play in two weeks and talk about, like, on a podcast. (laughs) Cancel the episode. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Because, like, when you're in a situation where time is actually a factor in your life... Yeah, open world games are awful. Yeah. Like, I was not able able to engage with the things that I liked about the game deeply enough and had to engage with things that I otherwise would have ignored just, like, in order to get, like, a fuller picture of what it was. This is the kind of game that just offers a whole bunch and you should... you can and should pick and choose what content you should you want to engage with yeah, yeah. it is like a, it is the buffet of action platformers
2: <laughs> i would say i had a similar experience but i actually had to finish the game so i guess mine was a little more positive than yours sure but um yeah i feel like if i would have had more time i would have liked this more and i feel like if i would have played it a few years ago i would have liked it more but like as it stands i still think this is a pretty good game but like i said earlier it's just lots of areas that needed more polish
3: yeah this was this was good implementations of a lot of mechanics yeah. like, with a lot of bloat but bloat is a good word yeah mm-hmm. I really liked what you said earlier that this is like too many cooks the game
1: yeah. yeah there's just there's too much stuff I feel like there are too many influences from different people like fighting for time on the floor and it's like What you end up with is a really well-designed world with a lot of not-well-designed things inside of it. Thanks for listening to Noclip this week. Um, What are
2: we talking about next time? There
1: it is. Uh, Next time, we're all, I'm assuming, very excited because we're going to be talking about Pokémon.
2: Oh my god! It's our first
1: ever, like, series retrospective. Yep. Which is, like, a really, like... Huge word for us bullshitting about Pokemon. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
3: Uh, Hint: We're not going to play every Pokemon game to completion in two weeks. <laughs> no, yeah,
1: that would be a little bit ridiculous. If i have already done that, that's yeah. why. If I'm lucky, I will have completed Pokemon Sun by the time we do our next podcast. When's that being made? It uh, comes out next week. This Friday.
2: This, this coming Friday. Friday. Mm-hmm. Oh,
3: shit. Make sure you get one of those like Doug trios with the sweet ass hair.
1: Yeah. Whoa, you're spoiling Pokemon Uh, Sun and Moon already. JJ, they haven't seen the hair. Yeah, the, everyone already knows about the ridiculous Doug Trio, anyway. So either I'm not spoiling it, or I'm I'm tantalizing them. I'm glad that we managed to talk about Doug Trio two weeks in a row and are assuredly going to talk about it <laughs> three times. All right. Where did we talk about Doug Trio last time? The, Pokemon. We, Snap. we talking about Pokemon Snap. Oh yeah,
3: yeah. 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 I forgot about that video game. <laughs> Classic JJ. <laughs>
1: Uh, if you want to get a hold of us, uh, you can do so at NoClipPodcast at gmail.com on our website, NoClipPodcast.com on Twitter, at NoClipPodcast. And please, please leave us a review or a rating on iTunes. Tell your friends about us. Spread the word. Uh, I think that's all again. Hey, Chad. I've distilled an elixir of lead and pomegranate. <laughs> pom- <laughs> So, J.J., what kind of food is <laughs> that? <It's laughs>
2: it. <a> <laughs> we must know. Uh, we can't be a potato. It's, um... From the sounds of it, it sounded like it was worse than a potato. From it the it sounds is. of it, it's an elixir of limb <laughs> grabbing It's like a loaded baked potato <laughs> that was way too loaded. <laughs> And then overbaked. Yes. It's an overloaded baked potato. <laughs> overloaded, overbaked potato.
1: <laughs> Not
3: overloaded in an extreme <laughs> sense. Overloaded like it. in a like a
2: nuclear fallout <laughs> sense.
1: <laughs> like anything could happen to this baked potato. You baked, have to potatoes. Run. baked potatoes never change. <laughs>